Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Evil Man. My name is Chris, and, uh, you know, what's up? His name is James, and uh, he's one of the best co-hosts of the show. Uh, I'm expected to say his name is Mike? That's right. God. That's who I am. Three boys doing what they want. Don't bother us. We've got guns. You know what, Chris? I would love to get a supercut together, like a, a video supercut of you uh, at the introduction of every episode when you, you stick your tongue out and, you know, when you're doing the evil men thing. It's really great to see. My intro for the evil men podcast is not unlike the uh, let's get ready to rumble. Yeah. You know right. what? Guy. I watched the the uh, an NFL game on the weekend. It was like uh, the you know, whatever they call it, the NFC final, maybe. Mm-hmm. Not even the Super Bowl. Yeah. And before the game, they paid that guy, Michael Buffer, to come yeah. on the field and do, let's get ready to rumble. Because he copy That's great. wrote yes. that phrase. So yeah. every time, he's the only one who could use it. Yeah. We probably it. could get sued for yeah. even just saying it just yeah. now. Yeah. We're, we're fl- flirting with danger right now. And he's made like millions of dollars off of that phrase, let's get ready to bleep. Yeah. Let's get ready You're to bleep. You're going to have to like... Fudge it out. Yeah. You know, like when older guys say their name, they go, I'm uh, four years old. Yeah. We have to do that with it. We have to be like, let's get ready to... (laughs) (laughs) You know what? He also looks the same as he did in the 90s. I almost wonder if he's flying to Europe and having his blood uh, replaced by the blood of a young person. You know what? He probably is. He's probably a vampire. He uh, also has the trademark on the phrase... Let's go to Europe and get our <laughs> old blood replaced by the blood of the young. <laughs> Didn't uh, Peter Peter Thiel really did that, right? The yeah. billionaire, you know, allegedly, allegedly. allegedly oh litigious. God, we're gonna be took sued. down Gawker. He could easily take down evil. <laughs> no, <laughs> no way. By the way, Michael Buffer, seventy-seven years old. He probably looks sixty. If he's Looking a good, dude. Let's take a look at this guy. Well, here you go. I Michael mean, Buffer, yeah, look at Buffer. him. Oh, I mean, he doesn't look as good as I expected. <laughs> well, this isn't a great photo. It, Let me see. He, I, I saw him from a distance in the in the he football He looks like game. a man covered in ashes. Yeah, he looks like a leather jacket. <laughs> yeah, I guess he you, does look like a leather jacket. Yeah, he looks like his body is hairless, and he has no pubic hair. Yeah, say it. Let's get ready to be smooth. <laughs> yeah, let's get blood transfusion. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get ready to divorce my wife and marry a younger woman. Apparently, they're doing that with Hollywood stars, like male stars, to make them look fresh all the time, like blood injections or something. Have you heard of that? That's what we were just saying, uh, Peter. So it is the same thing. Same thing. Pete, uh, I well, thought he had like an intravenous like blood changer. He just walks around with a thing on wheels, <laughs> dripping young blood into him. I guess it is the same. Yeah, it's like I just pictured him like being more like a car getting like a. Uh, oil change? <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess that's what it is. You know what? If our Patreon takes off, it's a real possibility that in a few years, we'll be flying to Europe and we'll be having yeah. young men's blood yes. put into our bodies. I would literally love to fly to Europe to do everything. Yeah. Me too. Everything possible. Yeah. Get young blood. Uh, young, young skin. Blood. I believe also young Lance, Lance young Armstrong... Dick. 
flew to Europe and had like his blood. Like, and a couple other athletes have done that. They go to Europe. I don't know why it's in Europe, and they have their blood. It's called backpacking. When when you go to Europe for a year, you take your off to get some blood. Yeah, he did something with his blood. He had it. He had it uh, cycled through his body or something. Right. Yeah, it's a thing. We don't know what the elites do, Uh, but this is you know those chambers that like. Oh, high-level hyperbar- athletes sleep in. Oh, oh chamber of horrors. Hyperbar- <laughs> Hyperbaric. How do I perform so well in the field? I sleep in a chamber of horrors. <laughs> Being afraid all night keeps me sharp in the, on the field. Keeps the adrenaline flowing 24-7. <laughs> no, but they're barometric chambers? Mm. Or what are they? No. Hyperbaric? Hyperbaric. Uh-huh. Barometric is a meteorologist. Yes. Thing. But bar- a hyperbolic... Mike, hyperbolic, <laughs> hyperbaric. Hyperbaric. What does the hyperbolic chamber is? You go. This chamber is really big, and then it's not. <laughs> it's not even a chamber. <laughs> it's just a cardboard box. <laughs> you're like, this is the best chamber. But what does sleeping in one of those chambers do? Is it just like pure oxygen and like hormones floating around? Around. I you? need that. I don't know. <laughs> would you like? Would you get a? They always get colonics, too. Would you do that? I've heard some people have died from getting a colonic. It's a colonic. They spray water up your bum. It's an anima, basically. And then a bunch of poo comes out. Yeah, but sometimes because stuff is like so compacted in there for years, Ooh. I've heard it looks like black tarish sometimes what comes out. Oh, God. That oh. makes regular poo seem much better. <laughs> but it also makes it seem like I'm not getting the whole thing. Yeah. Well, I've had colonoscopies and you yeah. take stuff and it flushes everything mm-hmm. out. And That's good. so I know I've been flushed out. So the doctor did it the right way. It wasn't like some health spa. No, no. Well, to flush it out, they give you like, you buy a drink and you drink it and everything comes out. I need that yeah. drink. What's it called? I believe it's, um, there's there's a <laughs> pill called Ducalax you can buy, at least here in Canada that does it. And there's a, there's a free advertisement, foul. I guess. <laughs> and there's a drink. So as can you well. go to KFC, eat everything, and then take a Ducalax? <laughs> and you then could. you lock yourself in your hyperbaric chamber. It <laughs> <laughs> fills fill slowly. But isn't that what like? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what people with eating flush the chamber. I think this plan you've come up. Brad with. Pitt is choking on his own shit. <laughs> He's the hottest man alive. <laughs> Save the hottest man alive. The shit is overtaking him. I think oh, sorry, the plan. James. I was just gonna say. I think the plan you've come up with is one one that people with an eating disorder might have, which is where you eat something and then you, you know. Yes. So that if you that's what right. you're sort of proposing, which is fine. Right. Speaking of KFC, <laughs> like, yeah. We may have mentioned this before on the podcast, but our good friend Glenn McCauley, who's very a very funny one comedian love. and musician and singer. Uh, he told us once that uh, in the 70s or the 60s or something, Colonel Sanders himself moved to Canada oh, yes. and lived in Mississauga, That's Ontario. That's 100% right. I know about this. Just outside of Toronto right. for a few years. Mississauga! Mississauga. Home of Square One. We can see it out the window right now, actually. And Glenn said that his uncle or his father had a memory of being like 13 years old and Colonel Sanders... Walking up to this group of kids saying, like, you know, you shouldn't smoke, boys. <laughs> oh, right. Wow. Yeah. I think I heard that story from Glenn, too, that, that Colonel Sanders in Mississauga. And this is totally true. People might think we're being dry, but it's 100% true that yeah. he was known in the neighborhood for being a grouch. I say, boys, you shouldn't smoke those <laughs> cigarettes. Why don't you go fuck yourself, Colonel Sanders? <laughs> well, that just makes me want to be a grouch now. <laughs> 
It's really Don't smoke cigarettes. Eat my fried chicken all the time. <laughs> you know what we should do? We should get back at that Colonel Sanders for always telling us what to do. <laughs> now I'll say I'll say I'll say I'll say I'll say it here, boy. Is that does he talk like what's that? Foghorn. Foghorn Leghorn. I almost called him Cornflake. Cornflake man. Cornflake rooster. <laughs> Uh, it's truly bizarre imagining Colonel Sanders just like, I guess, driving into Brampton to go to Shoppers Drug Mart, and maybe he drove up to Caledon one day to go for a walk. If he's walking around Lake Ontario, he's in, you know, beep, beep. Mimico. Wow, like, Colonel Sanders. <laughs> I'm hiding from the Kentucky police. <laughs> I wonder if Colonel Sanders ever visited Orangeville. Like, why the hell was he here? I know about that. There he was... probably did visit Orangeville when you were a kid. <laughs> he probably did. Uh... There's a boring story where KFC, like he owned, he did own KFC or something, and then in America it was bought mm-hmm. by a giant corporation. But for some reason, it didn't apply to Canada, right. so he moved to Canada because that's where then his business still and, was. And KFCs Aww. until the nineties or something were called like Scott's Fried Chicken or something, but it had the picture what? of Colonel Sanders on it. Really? Because he they didn't have the actual license. If you if you love corporate licensing trivia, you're going to love this part of the show right now. Yeah. But anyway, my middle name is Scott. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the colonel, he walked among us for a time. You know he was at Square One Mall. Yeah. yeah. Guaranteed. Gene Machine. Imagine going into Gene Machine, 1990. Now, now colonel say, Sanders yeah. is in there trying on some yeah. Baggy jeans. Now look, now look at here what they got. They got the rips already in the jeans. Yeah, <laughs> 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 he buys Kurt Cobain style ripped, pre-ripped jeans. Yeah, Now, now, may I speak to your manager? Y'all want to turn down, turn, turn down this grunge music and put on some damn uh, Dixieland horn music? <laughs> All apologies is actually about apologizing to Colonel Sanders about the state of jeans these days. <laughs> All apologies. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, but to anyone, like it must have seemed like he was, yeah, like in the witness, re- like a witness um, protection yeah, yeah. program living suddenly in Mississauga, Ontario. Yeah, and there's now nothing- listen here, boy. I'm actually hiding from the sheriff. <laughs> I feel like a sheriff runs Kentucky. There's nothing wrong with Mississauga. It's just not where you would expect Colonel Sanders. No, to no, live. you'd expect. You're talking about yeah. New Orleans, New Orleans, Dubai. Yeah. <laughs> Paris. I've got a nice estate here in uh, in Dubai, UAE. <laughs> it's a petro state, and that's the way I like it. I'm writing a novel about chickens in Cuba <laughs> called uh, Rum Chicken. Uh, the thing is, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Thing is, is uh, yeah, Mississauga is wide. It's a wide, expansive. It's yeah. got its little. It's building core, now. as we can yeah. see from the balcony yeah. We're around square one. But other than that, <laughs> it is a giant sprawl. It's a suburban. Uh, it is yeah. probably what Arcade Fire's Suburbia Suburbs yeah. album was about. Yeah. Could be. Yes, Could yes, be. Yes. Do you think dun, when dun, dun. Uh, Colonel Sanders was living in Canada, he was on the dating scene? Oh, my God. Imagine him taking a... A young lady. Well, he wouldn't have been that young, but maybe his taste ran to the to the young side, like a, like Prince Andrew. Uh, yeah. How young am I allowed to date? 
Yeah, what's the age of consent in this province? <laughs> in Kentucky, we do things quite differently. <laughs> Come over here and give me a big crunch. A <laughs> uh, gentleman always shows up at his date's doorstep with, with, with a, a big old bucket of greasy chicken. <laughs> He gives her a chicken skin. Do you, I have a whole bag of just skin. Yeah. Secret, How about a kiss? Secret recipe is actually pretty sexy. <laughs> I brought you some n- neon green coleslaw. <laughs> How about a kiss? When was the last time you guys ate KFC? It's been a while. You, you serious, for me. man? I'm being serious. This is crazy because. Uh, we were, me and my friend Brian Barlow, who I was your friend too, I don't know why I said it like that, it's okay. but we were in a sketch troupe in the early to mid 2000s and we were hanging out with Mike at your old apartment town, t- or, you know, and we ordered KFC. Do you remember that? Oh, yes. And we, that was the last time. And we hurt so bad. We took our shirts off and rolled around the carpet <laughs> of Mike's living room. Yeah, you guys were so bloated and felt so gross. Yeah. <laughs> that was actually, honestly, the last time. <laughs> That's really funny. But talking about it makes me want to try it. But that was honestly, yeah, a little less than 20 years ago. Probably like 16 years, 17 years ago. Fast food is weird because it it simultaneously makes you feel disgusting and you want it. Like, if I even see someone eat McDonald's, I want to eat McDonald's. I eat it very rarely because once I do, I'll start wanting it all the time. Yeah, right now, my oldest daughter is starting to kind of like the idea of mcdonald's as a treat every now and then yeah and then you're right she plants that seed and i wouldn't get it otherwise then but then like, she plants that seed and then i'll go and i want to be best dad ever mm-hmm. and then i eat something and uh i literally can't function for the rest of the day i feel like my blood's been poisoned <laughs> <laughs> it's not good your blood is poisoned i grew up thinking that women going to mcdonald's would order like that that it was orders were divided on uh, uh old fashioned gender lines because when we would go as a family occasionally as a like for a treat like you said my mom would get the filet of fish whereas all the boys and my dad would get like hamburgers or a big mac so she got like the mom sandwich yeah so I my thought, mom liked filet of fish too i think maybe it was like i guess the filet of fish has a more of a dainty reputation yeah <laughs> Yeah, you're right. It's like the white wine of McDonald's. <laughs> yes. Well, they have the filet of fish commercials. O'clock. <laughs> <laughs> they have those filet of fish commercials where a woman is riding side saddle on a horse, <laughs> eating a filet of fish, going, I declare this is salty. And then there was this, an ad campaign in the 80s where Ronald McDonald, it was just him in a room wearing an undershirt, and he looked straight in the camera and said, If you're a woman and you want to eat a hamburger, don't bother coming to McDonald's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was like a right. huge thing in, in the... There was a huge thing in the States a few years ago where like over a million women marched at Capitol Hill <laughs> to not just have a filet of fish at McDonald's, but they wanted actual meat burgers. And the riot police were unleashed on them, and it, yeah, was, they beat them. it was awful. It was bad. It was very bad. It was a horrible time, but yeah. you know what? We live in horrible times all the time now. We think that... I just like to say, on behalf of us, we think that whoever you are, wherever you are, you should order whatever you want from McDonald's right Agreed. now. You know what I think is funny? Remembering so um, around the neighborhood of the Comedy Bar here in Toronto, uh, Woo! 
Bloor Nosington in, in Bloordale Village. Yeah. yeah. Or sorry, Dover Court Village, it's called. Oh. Uh, if you're in town, woo. Uh, on the corner of Bloor Nosington, there used to be a martial arts studio called like Master Tommy's Black Belt World or something. And it was on the main floor of right. the building. And then it, it, it like closed. It's not there anymore. And then it. Then a McDonald's appeared, but in the same building just above the McDonald's appeared Master Tommy's Martial Arts Academy right above the McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> so you're like doing ninja kicks and the whole time you're like, oh God, I want McDonald's so yeah. bad. Imagine you're punching uh, Grimace <laughs> in the face. If you break this board in half with your head, I will give you six McNuggets. <laughs> <laughs> I got... <laughs> Kia! Sensei. Have I trained hard enough to get my McNuggets belt? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now I'm going to teach you guys how to... Oh, my stomach's upset. I'll be right back. Teacher, us too. (laughs) The whole class runs. (laughs) If you kick through this board, I'll squeeze a ketchup packet in your mouth. (laughs) The only dojo with 12 toilets. (laughs) McDonald's. We're clowns food. (laughs) <laughs> they should have done that for a bit but seriously shout out to McDonald's shout out to mm-hmm. Durex what was it Durex Ducalax Ducalax not Durex that's a little different Durex is other- yeah Mike Ducalax is in the back Durex is in the front <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's for sure we did a lot of uh, good fast food uh, history lessons yeah today. it's yeah. important well <clears throat> if you wanted to change the topic um Two things about Mike have popped up. Oh, boy. Now, Your Honor, one, I plead the fifth. I wanted to point out on our Patreon, which we're so grateful for everybody who's on there, there's been discussion on there in the comments that people are saying, yes. I'm finding myself talking like Mike. Yes. There's people on there going, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting alone at home and I'm talking to myself and I'm going, oh, shit, I sound like Mike. Uh, like, here, we're looking at the Patreon here. Sorry, Mike. Uh, Dustin, Lisa. Okay, it's only two people, but still... And they're both complimenting yeah. Mike's diction. I'm being talked about, um, and it's. I, I feel I have mixed feelings about it. It's nice to be talked about. Uh, no, no press is bad press. But I also hope I'm not uh, a negative influence on our listeners. No. Well, I look at it like this: there was a Bart Simpson moment, <laughs> there was an Urkel moment. We might be entering a Michael moment. Am I? the Bart Simpson of this podcast? <laughs> that becomes your catchphrase. Am I the Bart Simpson of this podcast? Everyone says that. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm going to read the, the comment here on our last Patreon episode. And I, I have to say as well, when I because I edit the, the show, when I go back and listen, I often feel like I talk too fast and I don't enunciate enough. And then oh, sometimes I, I overcompensate and then I, I go too far. So it's it's a, a total I think roller you're great coaster. At enunciation. It's a roller coaster ride. The only time I really I like slur and I'm tired and slow. The only time I clearly enunciate is like in the car when I'm talking to Siri. Mm. Siri, <laughs> Siri, play Tales from the Punch Bowl by Primus. <laughs> the only time I notice you slur, Chris, is if you've told us. That you've eaten a weed gummy that day. <laughs> yeah, weed gummies and maybe two drinks in. I start already like. Were there any recent getting examples? Getting a little lazy an, mouth. Are there recent examples of an episode where maybe that happened? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Boynes. But I don't want to make this about me. I want to say something. Uh, Mike and James and I, we all started in a comedy group called Laugh Sabbath in the mid 2000s. And I think because we were all coming up together, we all 
like unconsciously grew together and and like took things from each other like yeah but i I would say that even since back then like 2004 or 5 whatever mike's diction and uh, and uh (laughs) pacing and timing with his comedy I think it was infectious in a lot of comics in our scene at that time. No question. And it's I've time definitely for all probably them, done it's time some for all them to pay me back. <laughs> <laughs> so give him some dough, you freaking like, yeah. Well, I'm going to read the. Uh, thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Uh, but don't gonna, you think? James? I do. I do. Yeah. I'm I'm an unsung hero, basically. Uh, so here is the except comment. you do sing, Michael. You got a great voice. Here's the comment voice. from Dustin Dewan, D E W A N. Hope I pronounced that properly. Um, two days ago, he wrote. Michael's cadence is so infectious, it's seeping into my inner monologue. Seeping. I love that. And then, Thank uh, you, Dustin. And then seeping, yeah, though, seeping. is a bit... Like a goo. Just yeah, dripping, goo you know. seeping from the ceiling because yeah. something happened in the apartment above you. Yeah, so <laughs> it's seeping into my inner monologue like... And he has an example here. He says, like, I'm a bit hungry for a damn snack. And then yep. another patron, Lisa Hurd, said, Oh, my God, me too. And yet I never say damn out loud. So that's two people who I am having a major influence on. That's good, Mike. That's yeah. excellent. Well, well. I mean, and thank you to, to you guys for being patrons and, and taking the time to comment. And personally, Mike, <clears throat> if I was your manager, I'd say good. Yes. Get more people talking like the way you talk. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's good for your branding. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But I do feel the pressure now. To set a good yeah. example, I feel sort of similar to how Mr. Barack Obama must have felt when he was elected president, or yeah. <laughs> the way maybe the Beatles felt when they first became super popular, where a lot of young people yeah. were looking up to them. So You should be a president well, of something. Yeah. Um, now, I wanted to raise as well, Mike, that uh, oh you sent Chris and I a picture this week in our Twitter direct message <laughs> thread of you... And you weren't wearing shoes, you weren't wearing socks, you weren't even wearing pants. Now, before people lose their mind listening, you were wearing a medical gown. And I've, I think I've got to know more about this picture you sent as you were wearing a medical gown, a paper sort of thin medical gown. Yes. Well, we all have our own kinks. <laughs> uh, no, no, I, I paid a visit to uh, Mrs. D, and by that I mean the female dermatologist that I had, I had an appointment with. Okay. To uh, to look at a mole that popped up <laughs> that popped up on my arm <laughs> in the summer, and you, you can continue laughing because she said it was not harmful. Oh, thank God, thank God! I'm thrilled to hear that. It'd be funny if you were laughing, and I was like, and she gave me some oh, very God. bad news. I know I raise uh, it on the podcast. Yeah. So, as a guy yeah. who has these pop up, that that kind of sucks. So here and there, if you if you notice, like, oh shit, I think I have a new mole. You got to make an appointment and get it checked out. Yeah, uh, and it took like six months. So. Between it popping up and me seeing her, I could have died if it was bad, but uh, it was fine. And she, I don't know if this is standard, but she, I showed her some other moles because I've never had my, my skin inspected. And she did say like, yeah, all your moles are good. You look fantastic. Dude. Holy crap. And I, my ears perked up. And uh, Now, that's... Michael, was she talking about the state of your moles or your, your, the shape you're in? Well, that's the thing, James. <laughs> she said you look fantastic. That seems like flirting. Now she said yeah. it in a very offhand way. She seemed like she was rushing to leave for another appointment, so huh. it wasn't like. But who says fantastic? She didn't say it like you look. 
<laughs> she was like, yeah, your moles are good. You look Was fantastic. she holding your waist? She was holding my waist. And she Looking in of, your eyes? Yeah. <laughs> like a slow dance position? <laughs> and she was dimming the lights with her foot. So her leg was up on the wall. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> she was about my age. And oh. it's funny because a skin doctor, I guess it makes sense, but they're, the two I've seen are like very glamorous because they have to look yes. good, right? So I felt oh, like, oh, model. I've been to a dermatologist yeah. before to get something removed on my face like yeah. a troll. <laughs> and uh, you're right. They are like weirdly cosmetically babes. Because they have to, I guess. In a way. And they could do it for themselves. They could probably give like, yeah. Botox. and so They never let any growth enter their yeah. uh, bio. <laughs> that must be kind of a weird <laughs> experience. Like you have a pretty doctor who has to look at your moles. Yeah. <laughs> Like the most disgusting thing a man can show another woman. I have this really weird mole on my ass. Oh no, poo's coming out. Well, that's my worst nightmare. <laughs> you, you go, could you look at this mole on my butt and then you have skin? You pull down your pants, you got skin. Dingleberries. Uh, sir. <laughs> You look fantastic. Oh, oh no, you're pooing in my mouth. Oh, I mole. shouldn't have looked at the mole so closely. The, the mole fell off. The mole fell off, but now you're pooing on me like some German porno. I'm sorry, I'm nervous, and I ate McDonald's earlier before going to, going to my karate class. I guess I jostled around the shamrock shake. Look, I just want to say that <laughs> that really uh, that really reminds me of the time, and this is a hundred percent true. Since we're sharing these personal do- doctor stories, I thought I was reading Juno Diaz's book. What's oh that, yeah, what's that the famous Oscar, one? Uh, the, the, I haven't yeah. read that book. Yeah. So there was a part when I was reading it, and I was really into it. I read it pretty fast, and I was reading like I the wonderful so- life of Oscar Diaz or something. Yeah. The brief, yes, uh, something like that. Something. Yeah. Anyway. Sorry, yeah, and then like Oscar Wow or something. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's like a pronunciation of Oscar Wilde or something. Right. Someone gets cancer in the book. I can't even remember now, but I like the book. And then I felt my uh, testicles. Yeah. And sure enough, I felt a bump. Like, you did. And I freaked. Yep. And this was just because I was like. You know, was really deeply invested in this book that the idea of, yeah, I don't check myself for cancer often. Uh, mm-hmm. I should. Yeah. First thing I check is I honk my nuts <laughs> and there's a weird <laughs> growth on it. Or so I think. So then I freak yeah. out and I make a doctor's appointment. Can I just say, yeah. it's not every book that makes a fella honk his nuts. <laughs> yeah, I doubt uh, Cujo makes you do yeah. that. Not Brothers Karamazov, for sure. <laughs> Have you ever read Ulysses by James Joyce? Really make you honk your nuts. <laughs> uh, yeah, so then I go to the doctor a few days later, a couple days later, and um, it was one of those, and he's an old man doctor, my doctor, and so not not a babe at all. No, He didn't say my honker looked fantastic. <laughs> But I was shy. So you go in and he's going to look at your testicles. Yeah, so I was shy. I have to take my pants, my underwear down. This is totally true. And my weenus <laughs> is shy too. Uh-huh. So small. it's getting all scrunched up and yeah. small. And I'm really embarrassed Like when he's not looking, trying to yank it a bit so it's a, <laughs> it looks a bit longer. So he turns around to get like a stethoscope or something and you're like pulling your dick. <laughs> yeah, come on. Don't fuck with me, man. <laughs> and uh, I lie down on the table with a scrunched up 
cold, scared penis. <laughs> and I'm a fat guy, too. I'm not even hot. You know what I mean? And uh, he feels my balls for like two seconds. And he's like, there's nothing there. And then I'm like, okay. And I pulled up my pants and left. <laughs> because, of, because of the brief, wondrous life of Oscar Wilde. <laughs> So yes. what was going on? That's with- a true story about how fucked up my brain is. What was on your balls? Like a gummy bear? Nothing. It's just like every now and then, I guess because our balls make sperm or whatever. I don't know what it is. Like there's <laughs> every now and then you can. It you just thought there was a bump. There's a there little wasn't. bit of stuff. Like, yeah, your, ba- your balls can change a little bit of tiny. I-, I-, I don't know. I think I just felt my balls and freaked out. <laughs> Have other books? I'm ever- sorry for it to be so ball heavy. Yeah, um, but the yeah. ball heavier episodes so far. I, that, that happened to me when I read um, the book of Rosemary's Baby. I booked a doctor's appointment. And said, "Doc, there's a the devil's living inside, <laughs> of, inside of my balls." <laughs> yeah, I read the Scarlet Letter once and ran to the church and asked if there was a Scarlet Letter on my shirt. <laughs> my my doctor also told me like when you get the chance, you know, just feel your balls, make sure there's no lumps, like you know, here yeah. and there. But it, it, it's mm-hmm. and that's it feels the opposite w- message that society gives us. <laughs> well, no? because it happened to Tom Green, there was a weird demented thought in my head where it's like comedians get it. <laughs> <laughs> the microphone, the radiation coming out of a microphone. <laughs> yeah. Did you did you follow through with his? I do, and and Sorry. I try to do it every once in a while, but it feels wrong to feel your balls. Like, but there are weird lumps on your yeah. balls where they're like tubes and any you know wires. <laughs> Yeah, plugs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, I got a vasectomy a couple years ago, so now there is something in my scrotum, like you know those tiny little binder clips you get at Grand and Toy. <laughs> <laughs> They're in my scrotum. Is that what it does? They put a little clip on your. Yeah, they tube? put like those little black binder clips <laughs> on your tubes that so make sperm go your penis. Undo it if you like reach in and squeeze the little <laughs> metal arms. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, the doctor has to say, as part of the procedure, while they're putting the clip on, they say, there, that'll keep you quiet. Yeah. No more. Don't make any more little shits. I will say, though, guys, um, being a bit older now and having kids and having a vasectomy and not having to worry about all that stuff anymore. Yep. Anyways, do you get where I'm going with this? (laughs) You're happy to be vasectomy. What do you call it? It's a whole new beautiful experience. Right. Uh, intimacy. You won't be paying. You, you won't be putting uh, money in in the coffers of Mister Durex or Mister Trojan <laughs> anymore. I guess for the sperm that are that are still being produced for them is it like a big traffic jam on the four hundred one? They're they're going. Uh, what the hell's going on here? Why can't we get yeah. through? Beep, beep. Hey, come, come on. on. You yeah. learn to drive. We're driving to Parliament. It's like a, it's a there's a convoy of sperm <laughs> honking in my balls. Could <laughs> <laughs> you tell your balls to be quiet? It's three a.m. Yeah, they're probably organizing. They're like doing yeah. talk radio. Just what the hell is going on, Doctor? My balls are too loud. <laughs> <laughs> Let me hear. It. He puts his ear up to my balls, and I get a boner on top of his head. <laughs> he just hears like, hey, hey, ho, ho, Chris's vasectomy has got to go. <laughs> it grows in, into his hair. <laughs> beep, beep. <laughs> so before we move on to our evil man this week, we should mention that we have a Patreon account. 
And you can find it on the internet at Evil Men. No, fuck. You can find it on the internet at patreon.com <laughs> slash evil men. And if you go to that website, you can check it out. You can um, sign up. If you do, you get at least two bonus episodes every month. And people love it. And we actually have just hit right around 100 people on there. So we're so appreciative yes. of that. Thank you so much to everybody who signed up. Um, we really, really appreciate you guys. And we're glad you guys are... Uh, are enjoying it and everything. And um, so, yeah, check it out. Patreon.com slash evil men. And if you can't do that, maybe you could rate us, rate us or review us uh, on, you know, iTunes, Spotify, wherever. Thanks so much. Mike, why don't you tell us who your evil man is? I'd love to, James, and I'd love to, Chris. May I start? Before I tell you who today's evil man is, I'd like to start with a quote. That you might be familiar with. Mm. It's an old saying. It's an old, uh, an old phrase. The captain goes down with the ship. Have you guys heard this before? It's an old yes. phrase. Right. If I was a captain of a ship and it was sinking, I'd go down with it. How about you, James? That's very, that's very courageous and honorable of you, Chris. Well, what if you, everybody else is safe and you have access to a lifeboat? Because well, then I'd say I don't want to die. So I think that's what that expression means, is make sure everybody else is safe. Yeah. Okay. And then, yeah, take care of yourself. But the captain goes down with the <laughs> ship until everybody is safe. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. I'm on board. Well, unless the captain's super depressed and is like, ah, finally I get to end, end it all. Finally I get to sink. But basically, the captain goes down with the ship is an old nautical idea that, uh, yeah, the captain is in charge of everybody's safety on the ship, and he doesn't leave until everyone's safe. And uh, I think that's a very noble sentiment. Yo, why are you talking about all this? Well, be- <laughs> because, Chris, this week's Evil Man character is Francesco Scatino. Does that name ring a bell, guys? Hmm, Francesco Scatino. And no, he doesn't run a, a nice restaurant in Yorkville here in Toronto. Hmm. Um Francesco Scatino, also known in the press as Captain Coward, <laughs> is an Italian ex-sea captain and convicted criminal who commanded the cruise ship the Costa Concordia when it struck an underwater rock and capsized off the Italian island of Giglio on January 13th, 2012. Scatino has been criticized for abandoning his ship while it sank with passengers on board. The crash killed... 32 passengers God. Whoa, this is not funny. It ain't funny, Chris. And he was like a coward, like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo? He was exactly like... No, he was a handsome Italian man with dark curly hair. Was he handsome for real? Yeah, I put a picture here on the uh, Google Doc. And uh, Yeah, he's a... Well, a lot of the sources for today I took from a lot of articles from the Daily Mail tabloid, and there was one article in particular that... Really emphasized how hot and hunky and sexy he was. Really hot coward, captain. <laughs> well, that you know yes. what? Good-looking people they get yeah. you know they get everything given to them. They don't have to live like real people. So I'm not yeah. surprised that I, I'm going to look at a picture of him. I'm not surprised that he was kind of a jerk. Eh, he's he's yeah. okay. He's not that good-looking. Was he a cad with the ladies? Well, we're going to get to that, Chris. Now, before we begin, I just want to say I, I got to go on vacation to Italy in my 20s, and okay. literally we were at a place where people were going. Look across that cove. That's where that ship sank. So I was right there. Near the island of Giglio. I guess. Wow. So That happened when James was in his 20s? The, the timeline is a bit iffy, but... <laughs> when was it? I think it was. 2012? 
Maybe a different. Yeah, I was twenty. And okay, 20, okay, yeah. I, fair, fair enough. Fair and enough. It, 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 it had already happened. Yes. Yeah. And do you remember how it was on the news for months and months? This yep. ship and like it was such a big story. Anyway, today we're going to get to the bottom of the captain behind the wreck of the the wreck of the Costa Concordia. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little um, tip of the hat to Gordon Lightfoot. Also, I this is a little silly, but in honor of Scatino's Italian heritage, I thought it might be fun for me to do this. This is the story of a sea captain named Francesco Scatino. I don't know what you're doing. Oh, you were doing the Mario Brothers, and I'm the video game guy. I didn't even pick up on it. The Mario Brothers, Mario and Luigi, are the only real-life Italian people Mike knows. Prove me wrong. So, let's get into Francesco Scatino's early years. He was born on November 14th, 1960, and I made a note here. That was 31 years before Nevermind was released. <laughs> cool. Yeah, yeah. He came from a seafaring family, so the, the sea was in his blood. His uh, mother, Rosa, came from a family of ship owners going back generations. So they're maybe rich. So the sea runs in his veins. He's like a, old Captain Ahab, except <laughs> less lucky. <laughs> wow. Um, both Francesco and his brother Salvatore... You gotta love these names. I do love the Italian, Italian names. I do. <laughs> well, they both follow. And I just uh, binged all of the Sopranos. Right. Oh, imagine lots that. of great Italian names in that. Sure. Imagine Tony uh, and big, some other ones. Yeah. Imagine them all. all big pussy. Uh, imagine big pussy on a boat. <laughs> he does go on a boat, not to uh, okay ruin Spoiler. anything for anybody. <clears throat> so both Francesco. <clears throat> Fuck, the boat's sinking. <laughs> Both Francesco and his brother Salvatore followed in the family tradition and um, they trained to be seamen. Francesco attended the <laughs> Nautical Institute in Piano di Sorrento. And you want some insight into his personality as a young man, a resident of his hometown was quoted saying, Francesco was a very nice young man. Always thin and charming, as he is now, Mm -hmm. but he can be a little arrogant. So, like, what is this guy just got? I mean, truly, it seems to be noteworthy that he's hot. Every article you read does mention that, like, he was a dashing, burning pile of sex. But he's got an ego problem, and I'm not going to... Okay, I'm going to break character a little bit right now from what I've been... Like, I did read this long-ass article about him. That Mike sent out to us, and it's really, really good. And Mike's going to cover those bases, I'm sure. But I got a tiny little vibe of um, Dr. Death to this guy. Really? Yeah. I mean, so Dr. Death, which we did a few months ago. He had skills, yeah. But he he, was Dr. Death was mostly a faker, whereas... Yeah, he had skills, but his arrogance still... Yes. We'll see. Yes. Well, okay. May I say, uh, we'll get into Scatino's career, and I think you might see a little difference between Dr. Death and Scatino. Sorry, you can cut that out if you want. I don't (laughs) know. So let's get into Scatino's career. He began his seafaring career with a ferry company that went between Sicily and Sardinia. You have to love these Italian names. Um, A fellow captain who worked with him back then recalled that Scatino was the best of all of us. So he was... Well, then there you go. Never mind. Superstar. Well-liked. Well-liked. So sexy. Thin. Um, from there, uh, from the ferry company, he worked for a petroleum group called Agip before 
getting hired by the U.S.-based cruise firm Carnival and the Mediterranean arm of it, uh, Costa, in 20, uh, sorry, in 2002. At this point, things are looking up for Francesco. Mm. He's got a bright future ahead of him. He's the star pupil in his uh, class, and he's got a job. At Costa, Scatino started as chief mate, then he quickly worked his way up to second-in-command. In 2006, he was promoted to captain and given command of a little ship called the Costa Concordia. And it's a cruise ship. The Costa Concordia, yes, a massive, massive cruise ship. It's like 13, has 13 decks, 13 yeah. stories. During the fateful voyage, it had 4,200 passengers on board. So this is wow. a massive thing. Multiple bars and restaurants, movie theaters, yeah. gyms. That's too much on a boat. It's a it's, floating city. It's weird to think of those things having a captain because, yeah, they are like a little... City. You feel like you're in a hotel, yeah. and it's weird to think there's actually a captain and like people making it go places. Sort of a like hotel, mayor. like a mall. Yeah. yeah. He's like the mayor of this small town, basically. Hmm. We're, when you went to Italy, were you on a massive cruise ship? No, but I have been on a cruise. And I f- genuinely never want to go on a cruise. <laughs> Me neither. They're dumb. Yeah. They're super dumb. <laughs> but it was interesting. The news doesn't make the cruise look good. Aside from this one... You get the, good deals right now. The Costa Concordia, aside from this, and aside from the, that COVID ship that was like just at sea for months and months <laughs> yeah. when COVID first happened, mm. there was also a story years ago of a cruise ship losing power and being like adrift in the ocean. Yeah. The toilets didn't work, and the only food on board were like bread and onions. So it was just like a ship... Covered in feces where people are just eating raw onions. You know what? <laughs> I would jump off the ship and try to swim somewhere and die, but whatever. Yeah. At least I wouldn't be on that ship. Yeah. I can't take it. I'm going crazy just thinking about it. I do remember when I went with my family and, and I, outside of the room, there's a little balcony where you could stand and look at the ocean. And I remember going out there at night and just think it's all empty and black and the ocean. And you just think like, Man, if I just jumped over, that's it. Like, it's just crazy mm. how you realize how, how scary it is being out there. Did you have, a, like, a little bit of anxiety looking out at the... Uh, maybe I did. It really stayed I with would. me. I would. Yeah. I would have a panic attack. Not mm. exactly National Lampoon's family vacation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rusty's overboard. <laughs> Rusty's dead. Well, there's, like, aren't cruises known for, like, like, uh, yeah... Unsolved murders, disappearances, and a lot. Like- oh, oh, yeah. I guess there's been stories of someone getting pushed off. It would be a great place. I'm going to be honest. It would be a great place to push someone off Absolutely. a balcony. Yeah. Because I did not, not push found. them. Yeah. I didn't yeah. push them. They fell. Book two tickets with you and your nemesis on a cruise <laughs> in the yeah. middle of the night. You just have to convince your yeah. ultimate nemesis to go on a cruise with just you and share a room. <laughs> <laughs> so, in 2010, so, and then the Costa Concordia, his famous accident. Was not I just his picture of the nemesis being like, hey, there's only one bed in here. And you're like, shut up. <laughs> I'm gonna- you're not going to need it. <laughs> Why? Because I'm going to... Um, <laughs> so the Costa Concordia accident... Because I'm going to... Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Go on. I'm sorry, Mike. It's okay. The Costa Concordia accident wasn't Scatino's first accident either. In 2010... As captain of a ship called the Costa Atlantica, he allegedly damaged uh, a ship while entering the port of Varnmund, Germany, at too high a speed. So he was going too fast, and he crashed it. Damn. Going to the port, and he denied the incident, but it's it's on the record. So, mm. Scatino. How do you deny it? I, it's like a giant cruise please. ship crashing. <laughs> this ship, it always have a bigger dent. <laughs> I didn't do that. 
Just pointing at the ship that's like half yeah, in the was town square. Could a sexy man like me do that to a nicer ship? <laughs> <laughs> He's so thin. We must listen to him. I grew do you up really with him. think this thin man crashed that ship? There's no chance. <laughs> sure, some captains could have done this. Some who don't know how to control their appetites. <laughs> look out! Look! I am not doing this! <laughs> <laughs> So that's the background for Captain Francesco Scatino. Let's get to let's get to the main event, the Costa Concordia accident. Main event. So on January thirteenth, twenty twelve, the Costa Concordia was sailing and had about forty two hundred people on board. Uh, it was eight years old at this time, and it was on the first leg of a cruise that was supposed to go around the Mediterranean Sea. When all of a sudden, it deviated from its planned route and sailed up to the Soon. island of Giglio, yeah. struck a rock formation on the seafloor. Mm. The rock sliced a 230-foot gash in the ship's hull. Seawater rushed in, causing the ship to rapidly lean to one side until it capsized. Ugh. Yeah, but it's fine, right? Well, Chris, I'm, I'm afraid to say it's not fine. <laughs> and why was he going close to Giglio? So here's the thing. Why, yeah, why did the ship deviate from its planned course? That's what everyone wants to know. It wasn't part of his. Uh, it wasn't part of the route. So there are three reasons. Can I take a guess? Sure. No, Chris. You go. Go. All right. Well, there are three reasons that it deviated from its planned route. One, Scatino was trying to do something called a sail past, uh, which is where a ship comes in close to like the shore. It's a, sort of a daredevil move to show a captain's like seafaring skills and give the crowd on board the ship like a nice view and like give a, a bit of a thrill. Okay. And he was doing a sail pass so he could say hi. To his friend, Mario Palumbo, a former sea captain who lived on the island of Giglio. So he wanted to go like, huh? Hey, Mario! Wow, yeah. that's dumb as hell. Yes. Imagine killing over 30, 30 <laughs> how many people? 42. Yeah, 32 people died. 32. Yeah. Imagine killing 32 people because you wanted to say hi to Palumbo. It's one of the reasons. The other reason he wanted to sail past also because the ship's steward, a guy named Antonello Tiavoli, his family lived on Giglio. So he was doing two tips of the hat. The third reason why mm-hmm. he did the sail past is he may have been trying to impress a pretty lady. We've all been there. We've all been there. So there was a 25-year-old former ballerina from Moldova who was working on board the ship as a translator. Her name was Domnica Kemorton. And Scatino and... She sounds like she's in the Bond movie. Yes. Well, if you look mm-hmm. at her picture, she looks like well, she wouldn't be out of... Out of place in Goldeneye, or uh, you only live uh, you only live once, and that's not her. There she is. Yeah. Yep, Ba-na-na, she's pretty. She's gotten the Hartnet seal of approval. <laughs> I jumped in front of a subway once to try to impress a woman. Right. I so, said, "Hey, look at this." Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> and then I got hit by the subway. This dead guy really turns me on. Um, <laughs> so, Scatino and Dominica were having an affair. More on that soon. Mm-hmm. So these are the moving pieces. He's trying to, to wave to his friend, to salute his crewmate, and to show off to a, a 25-year-old pretty pa- so uh, ballerina. Like, hey, honey, check this one out. I'm going to go really close to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> Watch this. <laughs> okay. Hey, Mario. Gosh, <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? I'm not doing this. Uh. So during, uh, Scatino claimed that the management of the Costa Concordia told him to do the sail past. They deny this. Uh, they say I, they, they never gave him the order to do that. During the sail do pass. Do the sail pass. 
We command you to wreck the ship. <laughs> so, is there a pretty girl there? Even better. How pretty? On a scale of, <laughs> on the official seaman scale of one to ten. So during the sail pass, it gets worse, guys. No, you can get away with any crime in court, though. Yeah. In Italy, if you if it was because of a pretty girl said it was there. Do you know that? <laughs> beep beep. <laughs> Beep beep. <laughs> so, guys, would you believe it gets worse? I um, can't believe this shit. Scatino was so confident in his captaining abilities that before approaching the island, he turned off the alarm systems on board the ship that controlled the computer navigation system and decided to navigate the channels close to the island by sight. Keep in mind, this all happened at 9.42 p.m. when it was pitch black outside. Jesus. So... Yeah, but you can see rocks in the bottom of the ocean he at 9.40 p.m. He claimed he knew the rocks in the area. I know him pretty so well. So he's doing something that's a bit crazy, and he's doing it without, without even doing the proper precautions or just eyeballing. He turned off the system that was there to help the ship not crash. What the fuck? Yes. I don't need the system. So he's doing this, <laughs> and he wanted to alert his friend on shore, Captain Palumbo, that he yeah. was going to honk his horn for him, so he... Uh, he called Palumbo, told him he'd sound the siren for him on board the ship, and then Palumbo just had time to tell uh, Scatino he wasn't on the island before the line went dead and the ship crashed on the rocks. Oh my god, so it was pointless. So his friend wasn't even on the island. Um, it was then, according to Italian reports, uh, Palumbo, his friend who wasn't on the island, who raised the alarm that he thought something was amiss. Uh, he couldn't reach Scatino on the phone again, so he called another friend on the island who told him he could see the ship aground. Oh, yikes. So if you're on the island, you could see the ship, like, st- stuck and starting to turn over. And Scatoni, is that his name? Uh, Scatino, yes. <laughs> Scatino was like, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah. So from this moment, uh, Scatino appears to have lost control he didn't tell Coast Guards that anything was wrong. He denied there were any problems. He just said, oh, there's, there's a technical fault. That's why we're stuck here on the rock. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, uh, he only gave... So the, sh- the ship is filling up with water below. We're just stuck here because the ship needs new batteries. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, yeah, the ship is filling with water. It's starting to list and turn and go under, underwater. And he waited a full hour during this process before he gave the orders to abandon ship. And is that, from what you read, is that like, was that too long? Uh, yes. And there was like a, a mini mutiny because some of his uh, sub- yep. subordinates were like evacuating passengers and stuff. And he was like, it's okay. Go back to the rooms. Go back to bed. Have and, sweet dreams. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently you're supposed to like immediately uh, evacuate a ship if there's any trouble like this, like of a major... Yeah, I did hear that people yeah. were pretty mad that uh, if he wasn't so arrogant, everyone would be alive, basically. Oh, yeah. that's terrible. Uh, survivors described the evacuation as being so confused and delayed that by the time it got underway, lifeboats on one side of the ship could no longer be launched because the vessel was already too badly uh. tilted. The evacuation took six hours, also. In all the chaos, and it's pitch black... For his part, Scatino maintains that he did all he could to help passengers evacuate. He even gave up his own life jacket and uh, helped people into lifeboats. But he did wait one hour to uh, give orders to abandon the ship. That sounds like he's, he's doing his job, except we have to remember that in 
all of this hubbub, Scatino um, abandoned the ship in a lifeboat, leaving 300 people still on board. No. So that's what you're getting at with the captain goes down with the shippy. Scatino didn't... I, yeah, maybe that phrase has never been translated uh, into Italian. Scatino! Like, I, don't I want know. your badge and gun on my <laughs> desk. <laughs> but I'm a Get thing. in my office, Scatino! <laughs> you're done in this city. You're done. You're never going to work in this town again. You'll never crash a gigantic <laughs> ship onto a rock to impress a babe again. <laughs> I mean, you're hot. I don't even know. Now, you are thin and you are good looking, but that is only going to get you so far, Scatino. <laughs> um, I, don't even, I don't even know if the captain goes down with the ship line is even something that gets really followed, but... It seems like it. Sh- it seems like you shouldn't be the, you know, <laughs> so three hundredth. Uh, yeah, the Titanic expression captain. or no expression. Yeah. Being a human being, yeah, you shouldn't be such a coward if you're the the head of the whole ship. Yeah. So the, the Titanic's captain did go down with the ship, and so you're he's here. held up as a like a, a great example. I'll see you guys later. This. Yeah. <laughs> in heaven. Watch me. Watch out for me in a big movie. <laughs> watch James Cameron. So, uh, so James Cameron. A- apparently, when the Titanic sank. Uh, James Cameron was already in his submarine driving around <laughs> looking at it like this is good stuff <laughs> <laughs> what, a sh- what a shot yeah <laughs> so here he is the ship is tilted on its side uh, most people have escaped there are 300 people still on board the leaning tower Scatino. of Scatino the leaning tower of Scatino he's in a lifeboat paddling to the shore uh, and the the Coast Guard was trying to get in touch with him, and uh, they were like, what the fuck are you doing? And he told them that he, uh, the ship listed suddenly, it lurched, and he says he tripped and fell into his lifeboat Whoa, while trying to coordinate the evacuation and was me? unable to get back on the ship, which is like a... Like a like a goofy type like thing. Inspector Clouseau. Yes, or yeah. that's so insane. No one's gonna believe me. <laughs> there is I a tripped and fell in the lifeboat, and then the lifeboat unattached in the boat, and then there was nothing I could do. <laughs> uh, the Coast Guard ordered Scatino to return to the ship, but he said it was too dark. So not exactly Mr. Uh, bravery over here. <laughs> was the beautiful woman in the same lifeboat with him? No, no, she wasn't. I think she hmm. escaped in a. A different lifeboat, but um, there is a recording. It's true, he tripped. So did I. (laughs) (laughs) There's a recording of a Coast Guardsman who was so angry at Scatino that he was uh, yelling, quote, get the fuck on board, get on board for fuck's sake, get on board, damn it, but Scatino did not do so. Right. He could have corrected the trick. I mean, the trip, sorry. Yes, he could have at least been made a show of courage yeah right? i tripped onto the lifeboat but you can still get off and get back on and yes continue I'm, with your duties i'm yeah. sorry mike the guy was yelling come back on the ship from the lifeboat." coast guard was telling him get back on your ship so the coast oh guard was in their own God. ship by the ship yeah, yeah and he and he just didn't he didn't oh do my it. god yeah. he's a wow. coward yeah. yeah that's bad so that although night, we joke yeah this that amount of death is really fucking sad it's horrible that ship. night, as the, sh- the night of the accident, while the ship is like on its side, people are being rescued, people are trapped aboard, uh, the ship's chaplain, Father Rafael Molina, says that he encountered Scatino off the harbor front at around 2.30 a.m., recalling, quote, he embraced me and cried like a baby. I love that. And also, Splinter was there, too. <laughs> and he said, <laughs> Rafael. Father, it's true if you confess your sins, uh, it's not bad, right? (laughs) Well, I guess. The ship is uh, still sinking. (laughs) 
<laughs> like the ship wasn't even done sinking yet. Am I forgive? Am I forgive? <laughs> boo-hoo-hoo. I boo-hoo-hoo. <laughs> so we're going to go back to the idea that he was... He, he crashed into the, sh- the uh, shore because he was trying to impress a pretty lady. Scatino did have a reputation on board his ship as a bit of a playboy. He was known to flirt with female passengers or employees. Oh. So this is what I was getting at. Yeah. He's a cad throughout history yeah. because of his handsome, good looks, thin body. So yeah. thin. And so like, if he went to a club and they're like, it's ladies' night, he'd be like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds right. On the night of the accident... Passengers aboard the ship claim they saw Scatino and the dancer Dominica Camorton eating mm-hmm. dinner and drinking together, laughing and in high spirits yeah. 30 minutes before they struck the rock. No Apparently way. they were eating like fresh uh, bread with, uh, <laughs> <laughs> with oil and vinegar. <laughs> Mediterranean diet, man. Um, Scatino denied that he was under the influence of drugs or alcohol. He underwent a uh, drug test and he passed, uh, although there were traces, this is odd, traces of cocaine were found on his hair, but not in his hair or his blood or urine. Well, wait, what does that mean? <laughs> so, like, literally on his hair, but not, like, if you examine As it. if it had just blown onto his hair. I feel like on these so kind of cruises, is... cocaine is just blowing around. <laughs> so maybe his girlfriend was doing cocaine and in the, you know... Apparently, this ship and ships like this were known to have a sort of very debaucherous uh, drug and drinking culture where staff and passengers and crew would do coke, drink a lot. Well, if I can chime in, I know, I mean, we all know um, comedians who have done improv on uh, cruise ships. I talked to a a guy um, about it recently, and he said that uh, it's like kind of a cool job, but kind of weird, and like you have a roommate... And you're sort of stuck with this roommate in a ship for like months. That's the dream, to do improv and have a roommate. <laughs> but you do like one improv show a night and you go to all these beautiful places and you, you know, you're not spending any right. money at all. Yeah. I wonder if he saw the improv show. I wonder. I wonder if they, they were ever like, um, we need a volunteer. He's like, no, not of me. Okay. Yeah. And he participated. We need a handsome, thin volunteer. <laughs> you, sir. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he's got fucking coke in his hair. Um. The truth is that Camorton, the 25-year-old Moldovan ex-ballerina, and Scatino were having an affair. He was married and had a daughter at the time, and Camorton uh, claimed that she would regularly sneak into his cabin in the, in the dead of night to have sex. Well, if, She said that? Mm-hmm. If his evilometer rating wasn't low already, now it's going down. He was unfaithful to his wife? Yes. Mm. Um, and even after he admitted that, like, yes, I was having an affair... Uh, his wife and daughter stood behind him and were like, he's being dragged in the press. He's a noble man and a great, brilliant captain. That's sad. Um, I wonder if him in the affair, if they ever had role play, like, <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 like, you know, pretend you, you know, crash the ship, you know, like, get sexy. The ultimate, it's like the David Cronenberg movie, Crash. Yeah. Pretend you're giving me a BJ in a lifeboat. <laughs> <laughs> pretend I ruined my life. So, the ballerina admitted that on the night of the accident, she and Scatino had passionately kissed, but they did not have sex. She also denied that their late-night sessions made Scatino too tired to captain his ship properly. Hmm. Sounds great. If he didn't crash that ship, he'd probably be my hero. Scatino, if you're not too tired after to captain a ship, you're doing it wrong. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, when I finish, there's no way I'm captaining a massive cruise ship. You know what I'm saying, though? Yeah. Boys, I'm going to need you to yeah. steer for a bit. She banged my brains out last night. <laughs> awesome. High five, Captain. Defending her lover, Kim Morton told uh, the UK paper The Sun. Kim Morton's? Tim Hortons said, uh, Scatino is not stupid. He's a very good captain. I still respect him so much. This guy can't, can't lose. Every woman in his life still is a 100% behind him, even yeah. though this thing happened. Well, if Brad Pitt crashed a cruise ship, like, yeah. you wouldn't be mad at him. No. No. And, and as you were saying before, Ta- uh, Harrison Ford has crashed about 10 planes. <laughs> and he's still beloved. He's the American Scatino. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Hey, Chewie, put on your seatbelt. We're about to crash. (laughs) (laughs) Shut the fuck up. (laughs) I think you said before, Chris, that like, yeah, we've all... Who who amongst us hasn't uh, crashed a ship? I do, in this one department, sort of empathize with Scatino. I absolutely would have ruined my life and crashed a ship and killed people trying to impress a sexy lady. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like, for the listeners... Thank you so much for always listening to Evil Men. It means so much to us. It really does. This is really a fun uh, thing for Mike James and I to do. But I want to say, it is true. And the three of us that uh, run the podcast Evil Men, we would all get in big trouble if a pretty lady told us to do anything. <laughs> what, are we, what are we supposed to do? Change our, our brains? We're screwed. <laughs> right, guys? Further to, um, to add further credence to this idea that Scatino is a playboy, there's a, an anecdote. This is from a Daily Mail article that was very horny for Scatino. <laughs> uh, there was a, a uh, dancer on board the Costa Concordia, a young woman, and her mother visited her aboard the ship and recalled being introduced to Captain Scatino, and she had this to say, quote, He was very charming, very debonair, and very flirtatious, but he did not make a fantastic impression on me. One of the first things he said to me was, I'm mad, bad, and dangerous to know, which rather took me aback. Not something you want your (laughs) ship captain to say. He spent the next half hour joking around, mostly talking about girls. Uh, Like, Hmm. if that guy's in charge of, like, Hmm. all your lives, boy. Nice to meet you, Captain. I'm a mad, a bad, and a dangerous to know. Anyway, so this massive disaster has happened that could have absolutely have been avoided on, at For several ma- points. Many, yeah, yeah, in many ways. 32 people died. Huge disaster. Awful occasion. It was Italy's worst sea disaster since World War II. Anyway, so he's, he's arrested. Uh, he goes on trial where he was accused of multiple counts of manslaughter causing a maritime, maritime accident. Uh, he was charged with abandoning <laughs> ship with passengers still on board. And, oh, so that's a charge. And lack of cooperation with rescue operations. Uh, so when the Coast Guard was asking him to return to his ship, he, did, he got charged with uh, no. lack of cooperation. <laughs> Get on your ship. In no. his <laughs> we can't argue with that. I, I don't want to. In his defense, <laughs> Scatino explained during the trial, that the sail by salute was intended to pay homage to other mariners and for business reasons to present passengers with a nice view. He denied that he did this to impress uh, the Moldovan dancer whom he had brought to the bridge. Okay, I, I don't know why I keep going on this tangent here, but this story, uh, I'm just like, 
obsessed with this Moldovan dancer myself. Yeah, I, I, she's I, getting to you yeah, as well. She's caught her hooks in me. Woo wee! <laughs> leave your wife and kids to go search for this Moldovan. I go dancer. into Mike's internet to look for her. Chris, the fact is, you have Dominica Camorton fever. <laughs> <laughs> Dance for me. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you're just riding around in a speedboat with her, like you know, like in, in the in the Italian coast. When Scatino said it wasn't to impress uh, Dominica or whatever, was the judge like, "Yeah, right"? <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? She's gorgeous. Yeah. I don't even want to be a judge anymore. And you're, he and takes you're, off on a motorcycle. <laughs> and you're good looking too. Get your motor thin. <laughs> you guys are both thin and good looking. Jeez. <laughs> so back to the... But even no matter where we do an Evil Men episode in the world, the judge still sounds like that. Yeah, you're guilty. <laughs> <laughs> his, his accent never changes. Guilty as hell. So back to the drama of the courtroom... Uh, Scatino maintained dun, dun. in his defense that his actions had saved the lives of many after the ship impacted. Um, and he claimed some of his crew misunderstood and botched his orders. He also blamed defective generators for flooding the uh, compartments and aggravating the situation. But the rocks ripped a ginormous gash in the side of the boat, right? They, they certainly did, Chris. So what would the generators do at that point? Yeah. Turn into little robots that sew the ship back up? <laughs> Your Honor, these, <laughs> these generators didn't repair the ship after my client... Uh, also, like, all of his help, like, I, sh- I was showing them how to use a lifeboat. You know, like, what's his help? Yeah. In 2015, after a 19-month trial, Scatino was finally sentenced... To 16 years in prison and five years of interdiction uh, from navigating, he accepted some degree of responsibility and asked forgiveness from the uh, victims' families. Oh, man. And, like, apparently one of them was, like, uh, a Very little young. three-year-old yeah. girl or something. Ugh. So, like, okay, all joking aside, Jesus Pretty Christ. Bad. Pretty bad. You, you got to take asshole. that job seriously. Yeah. Right. Now, during the trial, an interesting thing... I have, a, yeah. I have two daughters. Yeah. They're still young. If I lost one because a handsome man was flirting... <laughs> you know how no. fucking psycho no. I will be for the rest of my life? But Chris, part of you would get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. No, no, no. Um, there... <laughs> <laughs> there was a thing I read that, you know. Oh, that makes me so sad. I want to go home kiss th- my girls right now. Part of the defense was like, can one man really be said to be solely responsible for this? And there was a bit of a feeling that the Carnival Cruise Line, the Costa Line, was kind of making him a fall guy as an easy guy to blame because they're in the chain of command. Even though he's the captain, there should have been. Right. More, more, uh, I think it was all handsome Italian guys flirting on different <laughs> areas of the boat. Like, <laughs> like captains. And, yeah. But Little yeah. Navy guys with Navy hats. <laughs> like smooching girls down by the generators. <laughs> but the bella, question, bella. Yeah, the question is, though, like, is one man solely... Can't, is it reasonable to think that one man was solely responsible for this massive thing? Was there no one else who could have served as a check or balance to to this happening. But his pride shut off the gear that bleeps when safety is 
right. not happening. Yeah, why would so you? So he do probably that? yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's odd, like odd move. Yeah, but you're right. Like if it's a if if it's the size of a town with movie theaters and bowling alleys and yeah. condominiums and stuff on the sea, it is weird for like one guy who keeps the top three buttons of his shirt undone <laughs> so you can see his hairy chest in charge of your life. <laughs> you know. So after the trial, he's uh, he's sentenced, <laughs> and in the press, believe it or not, Scatino was vilified in, with his extensive media coverage. He was dubbed Captain Coward, or sometimes Captain Calamity, uh, some alliteration. Others in the press noted that Scatino was a daredevil and prone to insubordination. He was even described as Italy's most hated man by the tabloid press. That's not going to feel good. Was he ever called Coward the Duck? Because ducks like water. Oh, that's good. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Coward Stern, because uh, (laughs) he loved pretty women. But also the stern of the the boat. the stern of the boat. (laughs) Everyone in Italy is like, he's like a coward stern. (laughs) (laughs) Starbird, coward. Yeah. (laughs) The other side of the ship. So, yeah, Italy's most hated man. That's got to hurt. That sucks. Damn. More hated than uh, Roberto Benigni's character (laughs) in Life is Sweet. (laughs) Do you guys want to hear about the aftermath of what happened to the ship? Sure. So the cleanup, the total cost of the the disaster, including victims' compensation, refloating, towing, and scrapping the ship, is estimated at $2 billion, which is more than three times the cost of the construction of the ship itself. Wow. The Costa Cruise Line offered compensation of 11,000 euros per person to survivors. That is not enough, in my opinion. Not really, no. You anyway. Think, um, no, you could go through 11,000 easily on yeah. a cruise, yeah. on the next cruise they go on. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the ship remained stuck on the rocks there outside the island for two years before it got towed away and scrapped. Two years. Wow. It was... On its side, they had to oh, the, bring in like a team of people. deaths too. Yeah. That'd be creepy to watch. I guess Mario looked at it all the time. You look at, well in his frog suit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what's a crazy thing though? Oh yeah. The ship was looted uh, before they secured it. Like people went diving and mm-hmm. climbed aboard the ship while there were still bodies and stuff, and stole stuff from the ship, artwork, uh, different souvenirs and stuff wow. from the ship before it was secured. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the people died when the ship turned suddenly. They were sucked into a vortex of water and oh. drowned in inside the ship. Oh. Yeah. On the well, side. I saw a picture of the, on the article that you sent where it was on its side and there was a person trying to, you know, fix... Um, I don't know what they were trying to do, help or something. But you have the picture there with the article that you sent today. And, and, and yeah, like... Half of the hallway is filling with water. Yeah. And I just, I did have a little, like, ooh, anxiety looking at it because it was like, yeah, that could turn really quickly where you're like, I'm helping with the ship. I'm trying to save people. And then all of a sudden, boom, the whole hallway is full. And yeah. where the fuck are you going to go? Yeah. Like, oh, Nightmare. it's so creepy. Nightmare. I, to be honest, never take a cruise ship. <laughs> I never watched the movie Titanic. You're afraid. Say, do you have like a fear of like water drowning, claustrophobia? Actually, yeah, I think it's more. I didn't want to watch the love story. I just wanted to watch the <laughs> ship sink. You're afraid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but like that was you a heard, double VHS. But drowning is fucking scary. 
Double VHS, you're right. Like, uh, so is Scarface. Yeah, like we've all seen those movies where someone's in a room and the water keeps rising and they got to stick their head right up against the ceiling. You know, yeah. I feel like it was in an Indiana Jones or a Star Wars or something. There was a famous yeah. scene like that. That's scary. I don't like that at all. I have one more thing about Captain Francesco Scatino. Mm-hmm. So he's in jail. He's in there for 16 years for, for his crimes. Um, and this is an odd thing. In 2014, Scatino was uh, back in the news because he was, he was invited by Rome's La Sapienza University to speak for two hours at a criminology seminar on the topic of panic management. He uh, said, uh, I know what to do in these sorts of situations because it was supposed to be a lecture about for students on how to deal with be- engineering problems or like uh, emergencies. <laughs> but before he showed up, <laughs> The professor, like, told the students, now you're going to watch a guy who's been in a panic situation lie about, <laughs> about what he thinks, you know, lie for self-preservation <laughs> after a panic incident. Um, Damn. Yeah, and it caused controversy because some people felt that he, uh, he shouldn't be, uh, be doing that. Yeah, I mean, I can see why they, why they think that. Yeah, but he's handsome and thin. Yeah, so that's the the uh, wild and uh, stupid story of Captain Francesco Scatino. Very good, wow. very interesting. You know, funny I re- story. I remember Sad that story. incident very well, and I remember kind of loosely knowing that it's like a dumb idiot captain. But knowing those details, fascinating. I mean, really, kind of uh, truly yeah. seems avoidable. Seems yeah. like it would have been avoidable. Yeah, it seems like it could have been avoidable. And even, you know, even if the scary part too that we didn't bring up. Oh, sorry, James. No, I was just gonna say, even if he just didn't turn off the fucking radar or whatever <laughs> the hell. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's like that is insane. We didn't bring this up yet during the whole story, but the fact that you pay money for a cruise and you have no idea that the captain doesn't have any of your safety in his mind. Yeah, like he didn't think about. This is a vacation for these people. Yeah. It was just like, I'm running a and, ship. And how you know is, what I mean? Like, how is it bragging to turn off the radar? It's like if you were in a car with someone and trying to show off, so what, you like turn off the lights at night? Like, look at this. Like, it's the equivalent of like, not, I don't use Google Maps. So I know how to do it myself. Yeah, macho. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's also, yeah. it's so funny. I can that feel the rocks <laughs> in my balls. <laughs> <laughs> the idea of him like, Wanting to like pull up and honk at his friend who wasn't even home. <laughs> yeah, it's a real like uh, butler or like a waiter falling down the stairs uh, series of comical events. Boy, boy. Oh, yeah, uh. never take a cruise, everybody. Well, evilometer moment, evilometer time. Yes. I think it's a beautiful time to bring it out. All right. <laughs> Come here. Kevin. Here we are. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. It's a new evilometer. Cool. Oh, yeah. I trained him, you know, just to... Uh, oh, he's cute. Yeah. Go, go see Michael. Go see hey, Michael. Hey, come here. Come here. Come here. Ow. Oh, sorry. Yeah, he, oh, you didn't yeah, tell bites. me it, it bit. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I guess we should put in the uh, the old scores into the evilometer. Um, why don't I go first? What do we, what do we give this... Captain Coward on an evil scale of 1 to 10. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to give him the highest possible because it, I don't think he intended to be horrible. But, you know, very, very irresponsible 
So I think I'd give him like a 7.8. Like I'm leaving him some room because I don't think he, he obviously didn't want any bad things to happen, but boy, oh boy, uh, they really did. So I'm giving him a 7.8. How about you, Chris? The deaths are extremely sad, um, especially since there was a young child that probably didn't know anything about what was going on. It's really sad to me. But evil. We're judging the man, yeah. how evil he is. I'm only giving him a five for bozo, for being a bozo. You know what? You're right. He's not evil. He's incompetent. He's a moron. I'm dropping mine. You, I'm, you've changed, made me change my mind. I'm dropping mine to a 5.8 <laughs> from a 7.8. So you went 12 points down. Yeah. No, 20. 7. 20. 20. Oh, it's 7.8? Yeah. yeah, you went 20 yeah. points down. Wow. So Yeah, five right on the... No, uh, you're right. Because bo- horrible idiot, but he's not like I, I doubt. He didn't say it. it wasn't yeah. a premeditated. He's no, a bozo. he made a ridiculous, thing. stupid yeah. mistake. He's like a hunk, and that helps. That's got yeah. <laughs> I'm giving him a five because he's hot and thin. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, what about you? I will give Captain Francesco Scatino a sette. I'll say it again. Sette. Sette is oh. Italian for seven. Can you do five for me, please? You want five? Yes, please. Cinque. Oh, cinque. Yes. Cinco Spanish. Yeah. And what did you give? I gave him a 5.8. <laughs> cinque <laughs> is a beautiful word. Cinque. Okay, so you gave him a 5.8, or as they say in the old country. Cinque virgolotto. <laughs> wow. James, you said that so beautifully. Thank you. I mean, what a beautiful language. Yeah, I gave him a, uh, a seven because, yeah, uh, I have to go a bit further than five because it, uh, mm. you know, 32 people died. Yeah. Uh, plus, destroying private property, uh, <laughs> a ship, I don't want everyone doing That's that. That's true. And imagine the stock prices of that. Well, I'm thinking Cruise of Wall Company. Street. I'm thinking of the international <laughs> markets. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you, yeah. You're right. Seven. We should rate our evil men. Solely based on us being businessmen. Well, I guarantee you people who held stock in that cruise line yeah. took a bath. Yeah, there must have been a real mm. uh, you know, drop in bookings. Thanks a lot, handsome jerk. But I will say, because I can see some of myself in him, I have to give really? him more than a five. <laughs> I have to punish him a bit more. So because you, yeah. because you think there's some similarities, you have to be harsher on him. Mm. Not so because so of the way. I'm not saying I look like this no, handsome right. daredevil who's very thin. You're thin. Um, You're thin. You're handsome. What the fuck, man? <laughs> I mean, I see similarities in in his thought process and his behavior. So you, I've literally been driving a car on the highway, going one thirty kilometers, taking a babe on my lap, made out with her hardcore, <laughs> got butt naked, started having sex with her. Not looking at the road at all, and still somehow made it to Kitchener Waterloo. Are well, you kidding, Chris? That happened, eh? So fast. You're oh, lucky though, because that could have gone off the rails very. And sometimes easily. the women don't like it, but I prolong it for a long time because I want to enjoy yeah. it. But yeah. for me, with sex, you never know when it's going to happen again. So I try to prolong it. So, so it took me basically. I was just out of the city, probably from. Uh, Milton to Kitchener Waterloo. I was I was wow. having sex with a beautiful dancer. 
straddling Whoa. me while I was driving the car, 130 kilometers. Why were you driving with this beautiful woman to Kitchener-Waterloo, Ontario? I forget. I was probably doing stand-up at a, a pub. <laughs> <laughs> so, and you just became overcome on the drive, and you just got her to oh, slide over and well, made love? Well, I rented a Beamer. Oh. And 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 she kept saying go faster, and yeah. I guess yeah. that's what she liked. It's an aphrodisiac to some people. It's a nice car. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's heated a, seats. Couldn't see the road at all, huh? You were just so caught up. I in didn't the see anything. Sex. Every now and then, I'd hear a truck go like, <laughs> but it'd be like, uh, and we just like keep going. Wow. We were blasting Guns and Roses <laughs> in the Beamer. Would Welcome to the jungle. Uh, appetite or <laughs> Rocket uh, Queen. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I started on Welcome to the Jungle and pulled in to the show, uh, zipped up my pants just as Rocket Queen was finishing. <laughs> Here I am, your Rocket Queen. Oh yeah. But um I get it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It overcomes yeah. you. Yeah, clearly. Wow. Wow. Well, I've never done that. Overtakes you, I should say. Yeah. But yeah. it definitely overcame yeah. in this nope. scenario there, as well. There, there but for fortune go all of us, you know? Chris, we've got to do an episode someday, maybe a Patreon yeah. or, or, or regular, just like get digging into some of your sexploits. I mean, I've you've done been around, everything. Huh? I've gone all over the world. <laughs> yeah. Top well, you guys have and, stories, yeah, yeah. too. You're just being, like, shy now, but... Uh, the three of us have gone on some quite some adventures together that we have not even scratched the surface with with yeah. uh, with these listeners. But well, yeah, it's well. making it sound like we are all in the same room or something. But <laughs> I mean, maybe in Morocco we were. <laughs> maybe in uh, Indonesia we were. Let's, yeah. These are for the listeners to find out in time, I guess. Maybe one of these days I'll tell the story about how last winter I had a hemorrhoid. <laughs> And that's true. Hey, I would, you've yeah. talked to us about that. Of course, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Imagine if I was lying for street cred that I had a hemorrhoid. <laughs> well, uh, great. There's ep- a difference between being a porno gross guy and being a romantic guy who loves love. Yeah, yeah. and that's and yeah. on the yeah. highway going 130 kilometers, I was yeah. making love. <laughs> Yo, Chris, do you like me? That's a great. Do you know how fast, sir? Roll down your window. Do you know how fast you were going when you were making love on the highway? <laughs> Sir, do you know how fast you were going? Now, are you talking about the car? Are you talking about, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, there's been a murder. And then the police took off. <laughs> oh, we got lucky, babe. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. You really get my motor running, babe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I feel like most listeners are not... Um, believing the story I'm putting out here. Well, well surprise. That was a really fun, another excellent episode of Evil Man in Italian. That's good. I'll send it to you. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. 